Well, well, well. This was Extreme Rules in Philadelphia 2019. Guys, I'm back at you again. I'm recording two shows today because we had a little hiatus over the week. Yes, that's correct. If you have not known or you have not heard yet, my account on Facebook got hacked. I can't get into my Facebook account. I can still use my messenger. But that is neither here nor there. Big action-packed week this weekend for wrestling fans. You had Evolve, 10-year anniversary, AEW, Fight for the Fallen. Go back and check all of the videos that I have shared today. We have those in the archives. If you have not seen the Fight for the Fallen review. Uh, we also had, of course, Extreme Rules. You had New Japan Pro Wrestling with the G1 Climax Tournament. Big, big weekend. And I could not reach out to anyone because my biggest outreach on social media was my Facebook. I almost had that pretty much maxed out at Friends. Um, so, what I need you guys to do for me is please, 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 I need you now more than ever. I need you to go ahead and subscribe to Big Dave's Wrestling Review on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Hit the notification bell. That way you're going to be a part of Big Dave Club and you're going to know exactly when I drop those videos. Also, I need you to go to the Anchor app. I need you to go down there to where you can support this podcast. If you can give me 99 cents a month, $1 a month, that will help me do the things that I need to do to expand this show that I'm trying to do right now. Okay? So I've now, like I said, I've purchased apps that basically are costing me money monthly so I can do this show better. So I need to start bringing in some money from the guys. All of you, thank you so much for your support. It means so much to me. And uh, this is not going to hold me down. Evidently, Vince McMahon heard about my podcast. He must have heard Big Dave's Wrestling Review is telling the truth about my product. We need to try to shut him down. So I was hacked in San Diego, California, and then in Vietnam. I know you got people everywhere, Mr. McMahon. And, you know, I, I maybe I just need to contact Stephanie. You know, me and Stephanie have had a long, long standing history. She's had the hots for me back, way back in like 98. So Vince McMahon heard about the podcast. He's going to try to shut me down for telling the truth. And I need you guys, the Big Dave Club, I need y'all to stand up and fight for Big Dave and the Big Dave Wrestling Review. Guys, Extreme Rules, I'm going to go over it. Um, if you have not seen the show yet, decent show, good matches. It, it just seems like, I'm, uh, like again, I say this every time, a lot of times at least. As a WWE fan, I feel like the domestic spouse abusive uh, person that is in a relationship with someone that beats the hell out of them and keeps taking them back every time. Like, oh, they're going to change. They're going to be better. They're going to do so much better this time. They're not going to do the crap they did last time. 
If they do, I'm done with them. And I always go back. A mission in AEW review. AEW is not yet the big time, ladies and gentlemen. They put on a good show. But you can see the difference of production. And in my opinion, you can actually see the difference in the superstar that is on the show. I did not say wrestling. Notice. I'm talking about when I look at a person and I see them, do I see them as a big name superstar? Do I see them as money? I see more money superstars in WWE than I do in AEW. And rightfully so. It should be that way. But I do see potential in what AEW is doing. And I do like the fact that now there is kind of a bargaining chip back and forth with these guys. If they're not doing so well in WWE, they can go to AEW. And if, if, if AEW, I had this conversation with a friend. If AEW can stick it out for that first year and be competitive. And show that they can stick around for that first year. First two years maybe. You know, these contracts are going to start running out. And WWE doesn't care. They'll give you some money just to sit and catering. But there's going to be the hand-select few that, like a Dean Ambrose, like a Chris Jericho, like a Sean Spears, they're not going to care about that. They're not going to care about how much money you throw at them. They're, they're, they're in it for a different reason. And you have to respect that. But... Extreme Rules was a good show. It wasn't, you know, bad. Uh, but if you haven't seen it, holy shit, the ending surprised everyone, including myself. And it's just, it makes you wonder. Tonight's Raw, what's it going to be? What are they going to do on tonight's Raw? I have no idea. Guys, once again... Please, I need you guys this week so much. I need y'all to share this. I don't care if you listen to this on your iTunes, Google. I don't care if you listen to this on Spotify. I don't care if you listen to this on Anchor. I don't care if you listen to this through the YouTube channel. I need you to share. I want you to share. You can share them all if you'd like. I don't care. But I'd love for you to share what outlet that you listen to. I'd like for you to share that on your social media because I'm going to need you guys now. I'm going to need y'all to help me spread this out because I have, I'm running around on no legs right now. Okay. I got one leg and that's Instagram. So my other leg though is a Ferrari and that's you guys and you can take me and get me where I need to be. So guys, we're going to go ahead and go into this advertisement, the Anchor app. And we're going to get back and we're going to talk about Extreme Rules from Philadelphia, 2019, Big Dave's Wrestling Review. All right, guys, we are back. Big Dave Wrestling Review, Extreme Rules 2019 from Philadelphia. Pre-show, I do not watch the pre-show. I repeat, I do not watch the pre-show, especially WWE's pre-show or AEW's pre-show or any pre-show that's going to give me crap. In WWE's case, 
A lot of times there's matches on the pre-show that have been better than some of the matches on the main roster. But I feel as if, if you're not going to put that on the actual show, then you don't care for me to see it. It means nothing. This was the first time that something maybe happened on the pre-show that I would have wanted to see other than Cruiserweight Championship title changes. You had Shinsuke Nakamura and Finn Balor for the Intercontinental Championship on the pre-show. Your Intercontinental Championship is being defended on a pre-show that no one's most people probably ain't going to watch. When they go back into, excuse me, when they go back into the archives, years from now, and they go to Extreme Rules 2019, they're probably not going to watch the pre-show. They're going to watch the main show. And that show will not have the Intercontinental Championship match between Shinsuke Nakamura and Finn Balor that changed hands. And that's an outrage. That is so freaking sorry. You are shitting not only on Finn Balor and Shinsuke Nakamura, but more than that, you're shitting on the Intercontinental Championship, which to me for years was the second best title in the, as to me is still, you know, well, for years it was the second best title in the WWF, WWE. The Intercontinental Championship used to mean something. It don't mean shit no more. It's almost like the 24-7 title has more clout than the Intercontinental title and the U.S. title. I just... I, that's crap. That's, that's poor booking. I heard it was a last-minute decision. Wrong decision, man. Wrong fucking decision. <clears throat> I mean, I can go down the list of the matches that made the actual show... And really, I mean, the matches, I don't see anything you can take out of the pay-per-view other th that would work other than Aleister Black and Cesaro, which I don't want that on the pre-show. And they're not going to put Bailey, Bliss, and Cross on the pre-show. But if you would have... And I enjoyed... Tr listen, I enjoyed Aleister Black versus Cesaro. But I would have rather put the Intercontinental Championship in that match and the Cruiserweight Championship moved it out of there and had the Bliss and Cross Bailey match on the pre-show. That's not going to happen, ladies and gentlemen, because Vince McMahon loves him some Alexa Bliss. Uh, Drew, Gul yeah, Drew Gulak, Tony Nese, they fought for the Cruiserweight title. Drew won. And Shinsuke Nakamura beat Finn Balor for the Intercontinental Championship. That was your pre-show. Uh, opening promo, always. They do a great job. I say it every time. Uh, nobody in the business does it any better than the WWE. You know, watching AEW and then watching the Extreme Rules, when, you, when you're watching these things, like I said, there's, there's certain things that you can tell that AEW is still behind on, they're still lacking. And that WWE is the leader in the sports entertainment for a reason. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason they're always up there at number one. 
they are the best production and best promo video packages, stuff like that. They're the best. They're the best, period. You open up the match, you open up the pay-per-view with Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns and The Undertaker. Crowd is hype in Philadelphia for this. Almost as if uh, this is why they came and this is what they paid for. Uh, this Undertaker adding now makes more sense because of we know what we know what happened at the main event. Uh, but it's it was not as empty as stomping grounds, but it looked like it, it sold well. Now they were selling, I think, three for one, two for one tickets, which is really horrible if you think about it. After after all the things that transpired tonight, you're selling two for one, three for one tickets to a show. That's not good. Undertaker and Roman, they do win. They beat Shane and, and Drew McIntyre. Um, I was worried about this match for a lot of reasons. Number one, after seeing Goldberg and Undertaker in Saudi Arabia, none of us thought that Undertaker was at top of his game. We knew that. But like I said, for me, as a lifelong fan that's watched him from the beginning of his career to now, it's always sad to see somebody not look as good as they used to be. I talked about Jim Ross on the announcers team. It's like having a loved one that's getting a little older, and you can tell they're not as sharp or not as strong in the areas that they used to be very strong at. It's like you're seeing that with The Undertaker. You're seeing him start... You, you've been seeing him start to slow down for years... Um, but you're now seeing it start to, to be a negative, you know, uh, you're seeing that it could, it, he could go out there and hurt himself if he's in there with the wrong dance partner. If he's in there with the wrong opponent, they don't know what the hell they're doing. Like a Goldberg, you could have a bad situation. I don't care what anybody says. I said it at the beginning. Goldberg's crap has always been crap. Goldberg has never been a good professional wrestler. I don't care what anybody says. Was Goldberg over? Like a motherfucker Goldberg was over. Was Goldberg a good wrestler? No, he was not. No, he was not. I When, when someone tells me, oh man, my favorite wrestler back in the day was Goldberg, I immediately, inside my head, even though I shouldn't, write them off as a wrestling fan. I assume you know nothing. If you tell me your favorite wrestler is Bill Goldberg, I assume you know nothing. But this match went off without a hitch except for the very end. And um, after this match, I took away from it a couple things. Uh, the way it ended, uh, Elias comes out, he hits The Undertaker with a, or somebody with, with a uh, guitar. Shane hits the coast to coast. Um, Undertaker is choke slams Shane. He choke slams Elias. He's about to, you know. Then Drew McIntyre is behind the Undertaker. Undertaker doesn't see him. He's about to hit him with a claymore as Undertaker turns around. Roman Reigns hits him with a spear. Undertaker win. Undertaker and Roman Reigns win. 
This match was good, but at the very end, Roman Reigns, when he grabs Drew McIntyre after he spears him, and by the hair of the head, and he like, no, he grabs Shane McMahon, excuse me, Shane McMahon, and he throws him into the Undertaker's arms, and the Undertaker was going to spin him around and hit him with the tombstone. But it's like he got him halfway up, and he had to drop him, and then he kind of looked at Shane, and he shook his head like, nah, motherfucker. And then he puts him up over his shoulder again, hits him with the tombstone, one, two, three. Other than that one spot, everything in this match went off without a problem, with, to, as far as I could tell. Um, and when The Undertaker was staring at Roman Reigns at the end, he walked up to him and he nodded. They got face-to-face. And I had to rewind it, and I can't tell for sure, but I almost feel like The Undertaker said to Roman Reigns, this is your yard. And um, they kept mentioning the passing of the torch between The Undertaker and Roman Reigns, and how much more time, how many more times will we get to see The Undertaker? Um, it, I really feel, guys, that they are going to continue to push the Roman Reigns thing down our throat now that Roman's is back. Roman is back. They're trying to do everything they can do. They're going to go back to pushing Roman Reigns down our throat. And they're doing everything they can do right now before they give him that big main event title shot picture again. Before they put him in that title picture again. They're doing everything right now to get him over with the fans. Things like facing Shane McMahon, who everyone hates. They don't want Roman to get the booze when he comes out. They want him to get the cheer like he did. Excuse me for saying this, but when Roman came back from the leukemia scare, he was more over then than he had ever been in his whole career. Ever. Who's going to boo that man in that situation? I do believe the WWE uh, played that for all it was worth. And they milked every bit of juice out of that lemon that they could. I'm not here to talk bad about Roman Reigns like that. I, I have no problem with, you know, nobody wants to find out that a young man with a family and children and still has many years left of his life has something like that hit him. That's horrible. But they've done everything since he's come back to try to make him over with the fans, to make him the biggest babyface. They've put him against Shane McMahon. They've put him against Drew McIntyre and Baron Corbin. You know, they put him against the people that was getting the most booze. Then they bring The Undertaker and put him with Roman Reigns because who's going to boo The Undertaker? Because I heard this was in plan... You know, they had planned to do this way before the Saudi Arabia show, from what I understand. This was already in the works, this Undertaker-Roman Reigns thing. Teaming up. That could be peanut butter and jelly allegations, but that's what I've heard. End of the match. Uh, Undertaker's music playing, then it goes to Roman Reigns' music. They show the replay, then goes back to the Undertaker. He hits his little pose and... We're off to the races. They announced that the Raw reunion will be in two weeks. Basically, it's going to be a week from today. So next, not this Monday, but next Monday, we will have a Raw reunion. And there will be more superstars there than ever or something. Our biggest reunion ever. I don't know. Um, basically, 
It's, hey, we need to get the ratings up. What are we going to do? I don't know. We sold out a lot of tickets here at Extreme Rules when we added the Undertaker to the card. Yeah, that's true. Hmm, what should we do? We'll have a Raw reunion. It's not just a reunion. It's a Raw reunion. We're going to have Pat Patterson squaring off. Against the ring, boys. I don't know, man. Um, we're all hoping the same damn thing for tonight. We're all hoping that Monday Night Raw tonight is a big change. And Paul Heyman's going to come out and he's going to clean house. He's going to change everything up. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you right now. You can mark my words. I don't believe that's going to happen. I'll be the first one to say, oh my God, this is good stuff. If it's good. I don't care if Paul Heyman's running it still and the product's still shit. I'm going to say the product's still shit. Eric Bischoff, same thing. But that's what we got. Raw reunion coming up in two weeks, basically. Or, or a week. We have then the Usos versus the Revival for the Raw Tag Team Championships. This was a great match. I believe that the Usos and the Revival watched the tag team wrestling that was on this weekend. And they watched these great tag teams like the Young Bucks and Cody and Dustin and the Lucha Brothers and SCU and the new, uh, the new Order, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy, they saw this tag team stuff. And the Lucha Bros came out and said, we're the best tag team in the world. I really believe that the Usos and the Revival wanted to come out here. And they wanted to show everyone that they are actually the best teams in the world. And... As much as I would love to say I believe the Young Bucks are the best tag team in the world, or as much as I'd love to say that the Lucha Brothers are the best tag team in the world, a lot of people will disagree with me when I say this, but I truly believe that the Revival or the Usos are the two probably best tag teams in the world right now. Me personally, my, my opinion. I know I shit on the product a lot, but I don't shit on the talent that's good. It's not their fault they get put in shitty angles. It's not their fault that they get put in ridiculous storylines with no logic at all. It's not their fault. They're not the ones doing that. I don't have inside sources, so I'm not going to say I have inside sources. But I've just heard that, you know, these people, when they, they can talk and talk and talk and ask and ask and ask, Man, let's do this. Can, can I do this with my character? Well, I have this idea with my character. What do you think about this? Let me be me. Until they're blue in the face, doesn't change a thing. Doesn't change a thing. That's what everybody who's come out and went to AEW or to went, other, went to other places, they've all said the same thing. I couldn't be me. If you are so embedded in this being sports entertainment, quote unquote, instead of 
pro wrestling. If you're so into that, these then you have to understand that these people are artists because entertainment and everything in that is a part of the arts. Okay? How do you expect any artist to truly be great at their craft if they can't put their own personal spin on it? That's what separates artists. That's why Outkast ain't the same as fucking No Limit. Okay? That's the reason Merle Haggard and Hank Williams Jr. and Waylon are different. That's the reason Guns N' Roses and Metallica are different. Because they put their own personal spin on it. They don't want these guys to do that. I'm sure that there are some people in the company, some wrestlers, that have to have a script. And if they don't have a script, then they can't cut a promo. I, I mean, it's sad but I'm sure there's people there that can't do it. I'm, I guarantee you there's people there that can't do it. I guarantee you there are wrestlers there that if you told them right now, and I can't tell you who it is, but if you told them right now, go out there and cut a promo right off the cuff, live on Monday Night Raw, right now. They would not, they would bomb. Like again, I don't know who it is, but I guarantee you. I mean, it's impossible that there's not. But I was glad to see the Revival did win in a great match. Tag team wrestling. Wonderful tag team wrestling. It was actually a match that had what I uh, like to call ring psychology. If some of y'all don't know what ring psychology is or understand what I mean when I say ring psychology, um, the, the best way I've ever heard it explained is... Uh, and this is part of the era that we live in now where kayfabe and and killing the business is part of the business. But there's a video on YouTube where Al Snow discusses um, ring psychology. And, and, and it's the best way to explain it of why you do everything you do in the ring. What is the reasoning behind pretty much every move? And all these moves, they all tie in together to understand that you tell a story. With these moves that you do in the ring, you're telling a story. If you're working on somebody's leg, if you're working to set somebody up with a certain finisher, now they don't do that very well at all, okay? Uh, you know, I, I will say these matches, the revival and those, but the, the psychology of a tag team match, Usos and Revival, they're two of the best at it. They're two of the best at it, period. Two of the best tag teams in the world. Probably number one and two in my book. Um, but anyway, Revival win, clean. A strong victory for the Revival here. It shows that they are trying to do something with them. Hmm, wonder what that might be. Oh, that's right. They've been talking about going to AEW, haven't they? That's right. Their contracts, when their contracts are up, they're wanting to go to AEW. Now, their contracts still have a little bit on it. I think it's not till 2021. Could be wrong, but 
they're one of the bigger names and one of the bigger you know teams in the world and they have publicly stated that they don't want to be there just like the good brothers publicly stated they didn't want to be there just like luke carper publicly stated he didn't want to be there sasha banks publicly stated that they didn't want to be there dean ambrose did the same thing well wwe actually released it for dean ambrose as far as i know which was different I, I, I almost feel like WWE was like, you know what? I respect the way you came in here and they let him go. But it didn't matter. He was leaving anyway. So they wanted to get ahead of it. They knew he, they knew they couldn't entice him with money. So they got ahead of the story. This is why the Revival are being pushed right now. And it breaks my heart because I'm... I'm don't get me wrong. I'm afraid, though, if the Revival left or the if, what i'm saying is i'm afraid if the revival signed as soon as they signed and if they signed a big time deal they would push them right back down the card and you know to me it may sound silly i don't know how long their contract really is i'd love for these guys to hold the title a whole year i'd love to see them hold the tag team championship for a whole year and Really, you know, bring prestige back to that title. Because then that, you know, put it to you, you know, I, put it to you like this. If I'm the Revival and you and you have me have the tag team titles and you're pushing me for a year against the best tag teams that you have and I'm coming up as the best tag team in the world, I can legitimately state, say that. Then I would hope to God that you wouldn't bury me if I signed. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, good match. Revival win. And uh, I, I, I could actually watch these guys go at it all night. Then we have the return of Aleister Black. He is facing Cesaro. Now, uh, internet went crazy about this. Why is he fighting Cesaro? Cesaro's push is now over. This is a horrible match. This shouldn't have been, you know, a horrible match for both these guys. No, it's not. It's a great return match for Aleister Black because everyone respects Cesaro. They've pushed Cesaro very strong the past couple of weeks to make him look good. His new new package when he en enters the ring, and uh, you know he they're they're making Cesaro look good. So for Aleister Black to return and beat Cesaro, that's good for both these guys because they put on a great match. Again, I feel like these these uh, some of these guys wanted to do the best they could and show out the boys at a, boys at AEW. I really believe that. Um, Aleister Black wins. He hits the. Uh, Fade to black. It was a great match, like I said. Good match. Nothing wrong with it at all. I'd like to see them go at it again. We then have Bliss and Cross versus Bailey for the Women's Championship. This is where it starts to kind of slow down. There's spots in this match that look completely fake. Bailey gets Bailey gets Nikki Cross in like a reverse Indian Deathlock Figure Four type move. Alexa Bliss comes to break it up. She jumps to elbow, like land an elbow on to Bailey. 
Bailey kind of sits up, so she misses, and then Alexa just kind of waits for her to put her in a, a crossface. You know, uh, whatever. It just didn't seem like a great. Didn't seem like a. It just didn't seem. It didn't seem uh, smooth and realistic. You know. Bailey somehow pulls out the victory. The match was slow. We go to Strowman and Bobby Lashley in the last man standing match. I mean, eh, I'm not a big fan of Bobby Lashley. I was a huge fan of Braun Strowman until y'all made him look like a gimmick. And he kind of looks silly at some of the stuff he does now. You don't improve him in the ring as a wrestler. You just put him in gimmick match after gimmick match after gimmick match. Braun Strowman is an attraction, ladies and gentlemen. He will never be the WWE champion. Braun Strowman wins. Um, There's a couple spots in this match that were cool. The, the spot that ended it, Strowman's on the ledge of this, like where the seats are out in the crowd. And he jumps off into what is obviously a false bottom pit, you know, with soft shit. He's doing the uh, shoulder slam that he does, finisher. You can't see the superstars inside this box. It's basically just plywood spray painted black. The referee gets to set the count of seven of this last man standing match, which if he gets to ten, it's over. And throughout the drywall comes a fist. It's Braun Strowman. Bra, He's on his feet. They count to 10. He wins. Again. Eh. Oh, well. Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus the New Day and the Heavy Machinery. Good match. Like seeing these guys go at it. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Starting to lose that voice a little bit. Um, New Day win. I was glad to see that. I was I saw a picture on Instagram and it was Xavier you know Kofi Kingston Xavier was Big E Langston. Kofi's got the heavyweight championship, and um, Xavier was Big E. They're tag team champs and they're holding their belts and they said I knew we would do it. And they're smiling and they're happy, and it made me think how awesome of a moment that is right there. Um, Hopefully it doesn't mean that Kofi's about to lose his title, but uh, just imagine being a kid, you know, like when I was a kid, and, and this this is not a racist term. I mean, this is how I feel about wrestling, you know. I don't get into all that shit. Imagine being a, a, a young black kid and getting to see not only your champion, you know, the champion being a black guy, but your tag team, the champion, and these three black guys... Have, are on top of the SmackDown wrestling world. You know, I loved, like, uh, Nation of Domination, you know, when they came out. When Ron Simmons kicked out, uh, was it Skull or Chains and uh, Crush, and he kicked out everybody else out of the original Nation of Domination, and he said, the new nation will be a lot blacker and a lot badder. And pretty much, as far as I remember, like... Everybody in the nation, except for maybe Owen Hart, were, were uh, uh, all black, you know, and they went with that angle. I thought that was awesome. Could you imagine all of those guys holding the titles at one point, you know? And even though the New Day are a face, it still holds that much meaning, you know, to see, man, this is great. You know, this cool stable that everyone like, everybody likes. They were kind of the underdogs. 
Uh, and, you know, it, it's just it's good to see as a wrestling fan, for me personally. And, and that's, what I'm, that's what I mean by it. It's, it's cool to see this. It's good to see this. I'm glad it happened. And this is something that they hopefully won't exploit too much. But, you know, they exploit a lot of things. But their black history, they tend to not exploit too much except during Black History Month. But this is something that they will show at least, you know, every February once on the WWE Network. Uh, great moment right there for those guys regardless of the color of their skin, but um, it's just cool to see an awesome stable and the way things have changed, and it's good to see that. So, New Day win again, I believe, with SA seven, eight-time tag team champions. I actually don't have a problem with that. You go one and two of the Usos, and you can go right there, number three of the New Day, and you can throw either one of those members in there that you want. And that's, that's also, you know, they have... The potential. They have the potential. To have great tag team division. We then go into a segment where Paul Heyman comes out. He's been teasing all weeks, every week, all month. Brock Lesnar might show up. He might not. Tonight he said, I told you last week it was a spoiler, but I could be lying. Well, tonight... Paul, uh, Brock Lesnar is going to come and he's going to cash in. But then again, maybe Brock's not even here. Then we go to AJ Styles versus Ricochet, one of the better matches of the night. Uh, the, bro, the good brothers beat, beat, beat Ricochet up before the bell. <coughs> Ricochet does lose the title, but things like that keep Ricochet looking strong. You know, he was attacked before the match. The good brothers were always interfering. Um, the Styles clash finish was a Styles Clash, like, off the top, or second turnbuckle. I'd never seen it. It was cool. AJ wins. He's a new United States champion. Let's see where they go with this. I know what I would love to see, you know. Uh, now would be a perfect time to do it, or at least start putting the seeds, planting the seeds for it. I'd love to see Finn Balor come and join, and, and all of them be as together in the club. That would be so awesome. But don't get your hopes up. Kevin Owens versus Dolph Ziggler. Ring the bell. Kevin Owens hits the stunner. One, two, three. I think 15 seconds is the time of the match. So, you know. They're definitely setting up Kevin Owens with Shane McMahon. And uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I would like to just hope that Shane McMahon is done right now, you know, as a wrestler. But they've got to do something there. And but I think we'll have Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon probably at SummerSlam. 15-second match, what can I say? Samoa Joe versus Kofi Kingston. Very bland. Samoa Joe, once again, talking up a good game about what he's going to do and how he's going to win. But at the end of the day, he does not win. And, uh... Kofi Kingston retains, which I'm glad for that. And I just hope we don't get Kofi Kingston versus Shane McMahon at SummerSlam. That's what I don't want to see. Go to the mixed tag team match between um, Seth Rollins and uh, Becky Lynch versus Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. This match was pretty much everything you expected it to be. No disqualification match. 
This match was only the prelude to the real main event. So, the biggest spot to me of the whole night, the biggest thing, well, the biggest spot was the double table spot where uh, Baron and Lacey are on, are on tables, individual tables, uh, folding tables, brought out from underneath the ring. Seth is on the top rope. Becky Lynch is on the second turnbuckle. She jumps off, does a leg drop to the table on Lacey Evans. Seth Rollins dives over top of all that on the Baron Corbin through a table. That was a cool spot. But the big, the biggest spot to me of the night that got the most reaction was uh, at one point in the match, Baron Corbin actually hits Becky Lynch with the end of days move, which is a great finishing move. <clears throat> and, um, of course, Seth gets pissed, hits him with kendo sticks, chairs, three times. He curb stomps him three times. One, two, three. He wins. He goes to go check up on his girlfriend, uh, Becky Lynch. They ring the bell. He goes to check on Becky Lynch. As he's going to check on her, Brock music Brock's music hits. And the place is like, what? And Brock does come out. Brock does cash in. Brock does beat Seth. Brock is the new Universal Champion. I believe the third or three, four-time Universal Champion. Brock Lesnar, ladies and gentlemen, he is back. In full vengeance. I'm assuming this is a SummerSlam thing. Um... And I believe they have another Saudi show coming up close to that. Or, you know, so I don't know. Brock could could potentially hold the belt for forever. Until he don't want it no more. Until he don't want to get in the ring anymore. Brock Lesnar could be the champion. And I don't, I don't understand that move. I, I, I Actually, all right, I do get it. I understand it. Let's be perfectly honest here, ladies and gentlemen. Brock Lesnar as the Universal Champion. Brock Lesnar is the smartest wrestler in the business. He played UFC and WWE back and forth in a bidding war. Not once, not twice, but three fucking times. And has wrestled not even an hour, probably. In over, like If you've added all his matches together, I wonder if it would equal out to be an hour in his reign as Universal Champion. I wonder. We'll have to find, some, find somebody that can do that for me. Since Brock Lesnar has come back and he has been in the Universal Championship, either match defending or trying to get the Universal title, I wonder how many minutes altogether. Um, and you can include his match against The Undertaker too. Where he beat a streak. This was a... I don't want to call it a bad pay-per-view. Because I feel like the workers in the ring, like they do all the time, they go out there and they try their damnedest to put on a great show. And unfortunately, the only time they can show off their actual in-ring talent are these pay-per-view shows like that they can go all out. And 
I don't know. We're all excited about Monday. That's what it is. What is going to happen on Monday Night Raw? I don't know. With this Raw reunion thing coming up after a week from Monday, I almost feel like they're sticking with the script. They're not going to do anything different. They're not going to try to do anything different. They're going to continue to play it safe. And then they're going to put out there, well, they're going to wait till after SummerSlam. And then after that, well, they want to get through the Saudi Arabia show. And then after that, you know, well, they want to get through the Survivor Series. Royal Rumble. WrestleMania. After WrestleMania, they're going to, you know, at one point it'll be, well, as soon as they move to Fox. I'm tired of when they do this, that's when we're going to get change. I'm tired of, well, when this happens, this will happen. It's Monday Night Raw. It is, you're building to SummerSlam, you know, your next pay-per-view. That's one of your biggest pay-per-views of the year. The right thing to do. You know, I, I, I could tell you what I would do. If I had the control, but nobody has the control but one man. And guys, I don't think that he's really willing to give up any of the control he has, nor is he willing to think that his ideas are less than anyone else's. So, guys, once again, thanks so much. Follow me, DVL Music on Instagram, Big Dave Club on Instagram. Also, you guys need to make sure that uh, you go to Big Dave's Wrestling Review on YouTube. Like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. And again, guys, you have to help me in my fight against Vince McMahon. <laughs> I'm going to put that as my tag. I need your help to fight Vince McMahon. And hopefully, that's kind of clickbaity, but I don't care. Not at this moment. I'm just joking on that. And anybody that listens will actually know that I'm joking. Guys, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your week. Big Dave's Wrestling Review will be back. And we're going to review Monday Night Raw. Thank you again so much. Again, I need your guys' help on the social media, so make sure you help me out. Share, 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 share. Leave me a voice message. I'll share your comment on the next episode. Big Dave's Wrestling Review. <laughs>